What's up, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of Life's a Garden. And a happy Labor Day to you all. Hope everybody out there had a great Labor Day weekend, which brings us to today's positive motivational message, which is work hard, play hard. We all have jobs, at least most of us do. We all clock in. We all suffer through the drudgery that is everyday work life. Nonetheless, it is good to have a strong work ethic. It's good to get up, be motivated, uh, show up on time, be a hard worker. It gives us, it gives us the you know good work ethic bleeds into everyday life. It's it's a lack of laziness. It shows um, productivity. And you get to better enjoy the hard work you've put in. When you've put in hard work, that money that you receive feels more valuable. Like you've earned it. So it is good to have a hard, strong work ethic. Nonetheless, that doesn't change the fact that work sucks. We all hate it. Every job, even if you like your job, there's not a, I mean, you're going to have a time in your day or a time at your work that you don't like it. Of course, we'd all rather just be hanging out at home uh, or, or just win the lottery and, and be able to just chill. That's the dream for everybody. Of course, I know that feeling. But that's why we got to take time to relax, to go on vacations, to take time off. To enjoy our our time because it's God. It's just hard because we feel like you know you feel like you're just grinding and grinding and putting in all that work, and then you and then you come home. You're tired. You know that's why I say work hard, play hard. So when you get your time off and take your vacations, that's very important too. If you have available vacation, take that shit. You gotta enjoy your time off. And you have to take time off. And you have to take time for yourself. And when you do, you play hard, baby. Go hard. Do the things you love. Because we only got this one life. We're not going to spend it all just clocking in a 9 to 5. Nuh-uh. You got to spend time doing the things you love. Going out. Going on vacations. Hell, just going to the bar and watching a football game. Whatever makes you happy. When you get time off. Weekends. Uh, vacation time, holiday pay, anything like that. Spend it to the fullest. H work hard, play hard. And you know me. That's why we're taking off the old work garment. Because, as the old adage says, all work and no play makes Dak a dull boy. And guess what? If I could get my shirt off easier... It's playtime. And it's also time for episode 166 of Life's a Garden. Damn, that beer tastes good, especially after a long work day. Welcome back to another episode. Appreciate you all for showing up uh, and tuning in. If you haven't yet, of course, just a reminder, please like, follow, share, subscribe, whatever you got to do. You know, just hit some kind of button that's going to put us in a positive direction because we're just trying to grow this garden one seed at a time. And also... Please don't forget, uh, check out my band's brand new EP, Palomar, available on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, YouTube, everywhere. Everywhere you want to find music, it's there. And uh, you can find the links on my social media pages. You can find it on all of the band's social media pages. We even got hard copies, so hit any one of us up if you need a hard copy. 
We just appreciate the support. It's been a pretty damn good starting week. For just seven days, we've had 1,005 streams in seven days. That's just on Spotify. I don't have the numbers for Apple. And uh, I guess you could say we're averaging about 40. Uh, If you count both, because we have two YouTube pages, we have the official band page and then the music page. If you count both, we're probably averaging about 50 views per song, which is pretty damn good if you ask me. I mean... It's better than what I've done on this podcast. I've been rocking this podcast for three years. Nonetheless, of course, I do appreciate the avid listeners, those of you who listen every week. Much appreciated to that. And again, I just want to shout out all the workers. Everybody who clocks in a 9 to 5, whether you're doing it in the early hours of the morning or the wee hours of the night, you are appreciated. Um... I'll always have respect for somebody who takes the time to clock in a shift, put in some work. Doesn't matter what job you do. I don't give a fuck if you work at McDonald's. I don't care. Like, if you're working construction, if you're doing a hard labor job, if you're doing, you know, if you're a a daycare assistant, every job is hard. Every job has its difficulties, right? Not every job is glamorous. Not every job is, you know, you got to deal with customers. That shit sucks. Some jobs you got to work with your hands and you, and you get worn to, to bits. Nonetheless, no matter, no matter the difficulty level, no matter what people think or say about your job, I appreciate somebody who works and, and makes an honest living as opposed to anybody who's suckling on the teat of the government or, you know, granted there's people who need to do that. And I get that. I was, you know, my family growing up, we were on public assistance a lot and it, it helped us out a lot, but we needed it. My grandma was, she, she couldn't work and she's trying to raise three kids. I understand those situations. So I'm not talking about that specifically. Just want to make that clear. But we all know, we all know there's people out there that are taking advantage of the system, food stamps, things like that. We had food stamps, but to those who take advantage, I have zero respect for you. Uh, you got to clock in and, and yeah, it sucks. Goddamn right. It sucks. Hey, I'll tell you what right now. Fuck work. Absolutely. Fuck it. If I had the choice, if I, if I didn't have to go to work. Like, that's just the thing. That's so funny to me is like, you know, anywhere I've ever worked, my bosses always act like I needed to be there or, or, and I guess I do technically, I got to make money somehow, but it's like, I could be anywhere. I could be doing anything for, I mean, I could just be homeless if I wanted to. I don't have to be here. I'm choosing to be here to better my life in order, you know, in order to to make money so I can do the things I love. But don't act like I got to be here or want to be here for that matter. God damn, I the last thing I want to do is be at work. I'd rather be, you know, promoting the band or I could do more podcasts. I could just podcast all day if I wanted to. I could work out more, which by the way, just a little update after the last solo podcast, I did mention that I was going to be working toward getting in better shape, eating better. Now, granted, I do have a Coors Light in my hand. That's mostly just for the podcast's sake. Uh, I have cut down on my alcohol consumption. Uh, I've been doing 100 push-ups every day along with curls. Those are like the guarantees. I, I, that's the new rule. I have to do at least 100 push-ups every day. Complimented by curls, I'm adding in a couple other workouts in there as well. Uh, grips, and then, um, yeah, at least one other just added workout. When I'm not doing a full workout, that's just the, the at least, at least every day I got to pull that off. So I've been working on that, you know, slow progress. We're working at a little bit of a time, been eating better. So work in progress, but I told you. I was going to do it, and I'm holding up to it. So here's to, uh, here's to sticking to your guns, saying something and sticking to it. But back to work, as much as I hate talking about work. 
And I'm not going to talk about working a good light. Today sucked. Today was an absolute shit show. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'd be working on one thing, and then I get handed. One of the sales guys comes up to me and is like, hey, I, uh, this is 9.30, keep in mind. I'm working on this one car. Salesman comes up. Hey, I sold this one yesterday. It's going to be going out at uh, noon. Yeah, that w- probably would have been good to know. It's a full used car detail. That would have been good to know uh, yesterday. I could have probably got started on that. Instead, you're going to give me two and a half hours to get this thing done. Well, of course, your boy just fucking absolutely destroyed and mauled that thing to death and made it look brand new because that's what I do. I'm pretty damn good at my job. And so I busted my ass, got that thing out, start going to work on the other one, and I get told, hey, by the way, you got a windshield coming in at 1 o'clock that you weren't aware of. Oh, boy. Huh. Well, that just that's great because I'm barely catching a lunch break here. So I got to rush on lunch break, come back, do this goddamn windshield, and then still try to finish the car that I originally started on. Well, Dakota, why are you so goddamn irritated? Well, Janet, maybe it's because you keep piling shit on me and I'm not scheduled a goddamn thing. Nobody's telling me where shit's coming from. And, and today's the end of the pay period. So I got to get everything finished and turned in and still try and get off at 5 o'clock because God knows I don't want to be here any longer than I have to. And so, you know what he did? You know what your boy did? He fucking put his nose to the grindstone and he got it all done. Work hard, baby. And then we get to come over here. We get to pull up a podcast, start recording, and play hard. And that's what we do today. Today and every other day. We're going to work hard. We're going to get off. We're going to enjoy it. We're going to feel accomplished. Then we have a couple brewskis. Then we go watch some football. Football is back. How about that? Football is coming back. We got UFC fights every other week, every weekend. College football. Plus music, we got great music. My band will have just played um, our CD release show. Once this comes out, it will have been Friday. I'm recording this before that, so um, next episode I'll have to tell you how that goes. But, man, you get off work, you, you clock out. Yeah, the day sucked. It sucked ass. I didn't enjoy it. I wasn't happy about it. But you know what? I put in an honest day's work and I'm going to get I'm going to get compensated for it and I and I got to be grateful for that. As much as I can be bitter at everybody at work or be bitter at my bosses or be bitter at the job itself, hey, that shit puts puts money in my pocket. You ain't going to see a dent in these pockets so long as your boys taking dents out of windshields. That's just the way to look at it, man. Yes, life or yes, work sucks. But, you know, we endure and and let me tell you this too. I want to say this as well. If you're in a job that you hate, if there's a if you're currently working a job that you absolutely hate, now there's a there's a uh, con- condition here. If it's a job you hate but it pays good, I mean, you kind of got to rough that out. You got you to decide. Let's say it that way. I don't want to tell you that you need to stick in the job that you hate. Because I would hate for you to be miserable. I'd rather your happiness be more of a priority than money. But there's a fine line there. Okay? There's a fine line. You got to make that money. Because guess what? It's hard. It's hard to make good money. It's hard to make a good living. And... If you're going to leave that job for something that you know you're going to like more, but it pays significantly less, something to think about. Like I said, happiness is worth more. Now, if you're absolutely miserable at your job, then yeah, get the fuck out of there. But if you don't like it and you're just barely, you know, you're, like it's, it's tolerable and you're making bank, yeah, fucking stick it out. You'll be just fine. If you're, if you're miserable making decent money and you know you can make 
you know, you're going to make less somewhere else, but you're going to enjoy it a lot more, or it could lead to bigger and better opportunities, take the chance. Go do it. Happiness is, is more important than money. I don't want to tell you to drop out of your good-paying job just to go, you know, chase a dream. You should always chase a dream, but do it with caution. You know, maybe start doing that on the side while you're doing your other job, and then leave. Make sure you, it's something that you're going to enjoy, then leave. But yeah, for all those that hate their jobs, sometimes you got to stick it out. And, and it really all, like I said, just depends on how well that pay is, how well that check coming is, how deep them pockets are going to be. Oh boy, fuck work. That's all I got to say about that. It's all about the play. It's all about the play. Now, um, also going on, now we, we got the work talk out of the way. Absolutely hate talking about work. But we got that removed. You know what else is going on right now? School. School's back, baby. School's back. Back to school. Back to school. To prove to dad that I'm not a fool. Which has got me thinking, right? All the back-to-school stuff, I keep seeing pictures on Facebook of all the kids going back to school. Um, it's just got me thinking, this time of year always gets me thinking about, or reminiscing about, uh, school times. And, like, I'll tell you this. The back-to-school days, like, the day, I, I can remember going back to school, those specific days, the first day of school, was the most exciting yet nerve-wracking time as a child. Um, you're meeting new people. There's always new kids. You're excited to see your old friends. You're nervous about which class you're going to be in. Who's going to be in my class? Are my friends going to be there? Um, who am I going to be sitting with? How, how are things going to operate this year? Every teacher's different, so this might be a different type of operation. But it's, it's, it's exciting to be like, you know, we're going back. And I always had that mixed feeling of like, back here. Like, I guess the later I went into school, like into middle school, into high school. Now, middle school was exciting because you were moving up. You felt like a big shot. You were getting out of the, the kiddie school and going up into like the legit shit. And you thought you were just... The baddest motherfucker on the planet going into middle school. Ooh, we got lockers now. Oh, we get to move classes. We don't have to just stay in one class. We get to actually, like, we have first period and second period and blah, blah, blah. And then you realize it's just whatever. I mean, it is exciting at first. By the time you get freshman in high school, you're like, okay, this shit. I'm over it. And the older, and the older I got in school... The first day of school became more and more of a like, oh boy, like, here we go. Especially toward the end when I was already working in the summer. So it's like, fuck this. Like, I'm just going to be working the rest of my life after this anyway. Now I'm just trying to get this goddamn degree. But, but elementary school, that's where it was exciting. You were excited to go back and see your friends. You were excited to, you know... Do all the fun things in school. Because you forget. As an adult. Unless you have kids who experience this stuff. Who, who you see all, this, all the stuff on the day to day. I don't. So I don't get to see that. Yeah, I, I have to see pictures that people post. Or I have to see like old reminiscent deja vu type shit. Or not deja vu. Uh, nostalgia shit. On, online. In order to get those feelings back. But you forget. You forget like the holidays, you know, you had holiday parties, recess, lunchtime, dude, lunchtime was the shit. You had to get down there, make sure you got to sit next to your friends. You'd save seats for your friends. Make sure you're all sitting together in the, in the quad watching the, or, or, you know, just sitting in your group. Like, or especially in like middle school too, if you had the same lunch hour, cause I think there was two different lunch hours. You'd have to make sure you got down there to... Uh, oh, I guess it was two different lunch hours because you had 7th grade and 8th grade, so you're always with your friends no matter what. But there was always tables that you... Uh, sometimes, I think I remember right in um, elementary school, you had to sit 
into like an assigned seat, if I remember right. But middle school is where you actually got to kind of pick where you sat. You got to pick your group and sit wherever you wanted. That was exciting. But like, like I said, the holiday times, Valentine's Day, you make your little Valentine's Day box. You write out all the names on the different Valentines. And who had the Spider-Man one? And who got this crappy like dollar store uh, thing? But hey, they put a sucker on there. These guys are cool. And my best friend wrote a, like the coolest one. I'd always make like the biggest Valentine's cards because they always give out different sizes in those box, those pre-made boxes. I always gave the biggest one to the people I liked the most. This one's for my best friend. And this one's for the girl I have a crush on. And then you got like Field Day. Anybody remember Field Day? Did you, I don't know if you're from here or if it's just a local thing or if it's everywhere. Toward the end of the year, you do Field Day. And it's just basically a full day of play. It's a full recess day. You got stations around the, uh, around the yard, around the playground area. Different stations, like this one's the dodgeball station, or this one's the uh, uh, sharks and minnows station, you know, whatever. And you just go around, and then you got the big, the big parachute. Y'all remember the big parachute that you fly up in the air and everybody sits under it, and you make a big dome, or the scooter things that you run your fingers over with? Man, the good old days. Ice cream social. Y'all remember Ice Cream Social? You get your family to come, and everybody's like, this is my mom, this is my dad, you know, this is my, I didn't have either of those, but it's all good. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is my uncle, this is my grandma. Uh, <laughs> um, but it's like, it was just cool. And mom did come to a couple of Ice Cream Socials before the, uh, before the old clink. But they're fun, man. You show up on Halloween dressed in your Halloween costume. Show and tell. How cool was show and tell? Dude, elementary school was the shit. I'm telling you right now, yeah, we had to learn a thing or two here and there. We learned how to read. We learned how to subtract and add and fucking how to zip up our zippers and uh, piss in the pot, you know. Like, we learned all that stuff. We figured it out. Nobody cares about that. Nobody remembers that. Like, granted, it did help me in life a little bit. But, man, those aren't the memories. The memories are the, are the cool shit. The book fair, right? Wasn't that a thing? Was it called the book fair? You go down to the library. You check out all this stuff. Man, Animorphs. Oh, they got the new Animorphs. Bro, all that shit is what I remember. And, and you don't get a whole lot of that. Like, you get a little bit of that in... In uh, middle school and, and uh, high school. But not like elementary school, man. Elementary school was where it's at. Field trips? You want, me to, you want me to get that thing signed? I'm getting that shit signed. We're going to, we're going to the zoo. Or we're going downtown. What, dude, I remember one. I think I told this story once. Uh, we went on a, on a uh, field trip downtown to Billings. All, and took the city bus. Like, I think it was, I don't know. It seems so weird. Why wouldn't we just take a school bus? But no, they made us take a city bus. That was so bizarre. And one time, I remember, um, I don't even think it was a field trip. I think it was somebody's birthday. It was a friend's birthday party. And I was in elementary school. And they needed permission slips, if I'm not mistaken, for some reason, for people to go. And it was, whatever this, this party was, we went on a hay bale ride from my school all the way to Riverfront Park, and then we just hung out in Riverfront Park. Like, I want to I say it was somebody's birthday, but it might have been a school field trip. All I know is I didn't have my permission slip, and I got it done at the last second. I literally was running up to the hayride crying like i got it i got it will you please let me go and i got to go i got shit done i got shit taken care of now another thing i gotta point out another thing i especially we're talking about labor day we're talking about people who work dude let's shout out the teachers teachers for one do not get paid nearly what they deserve in this country not even remotely close. And it's hilarious to me that 
you know, people who work at fucking McDonald's or, and, and like I said, we respect you. We appreciate you. We appreciate the hard work. They're complaining about their hourly wage. Whatever. That's fine. You're allowed to complain. But when you think about what teachers make, and these are the people who are expected to mold the minds of the future generation. These are the people that are in, in, that are responsible Teachers are the ones who are responsible for making sure the future generation knows how to read and write and become, like, members of society, like, uh, productive members of society. They teach you manners. They teach you shit like that. And they don't get paid nearly enough. I'll tell you that right now. So, huge shout-out to teachers. All across. Yes, there's some good... Like, there's a lot of good ones, and there's a few bad ones. You're going to get that in every profession. I had a couple bad ones in my day, but I'll tell you right now, I had a lot more good ones. And I'll tell you right now, too. For anybody who might be listening who's in high school right now, or I don't care if you're a senior or, you know, whatever. Something to think about. Something for you all to think, to think about as you're approaching graduation time. Write your teacher's letters. I did that. Unprompted. Nobody even like told me to do that. I wrote all the teachers that I thought gave, like, all the teachers that I thought were just the best. You know, the ones that really made an impression on me. Whether that was in the classroom or beyond that. I believe I wrote... Eight to ten letters. Now, did I use a computer? Did I handwrite these goddamn things? Hell no. Because even today, I can't spell for shit. And my handwriting is beautiful. I'll tell you that right now. But my grammar and my spelling is shit. You think one of those letters I wrote was to an English teacher? God damn no, because I didn't learn a thing in those classes. They make you do four years in high school of English. And as the great Hank Hill once said, damn it, boy, you speak English. I speak the damn language. Four years, I still didn't learn how to use a semicolon properly. The only reason I spell the way I do is because I got autocorrect. So, why do we do four, why are we doing four years of literature and, and English class and only half a semester or half a year of government. How come you don't have a fucking, like, how to do my taxes class? Or how to, how to balance a budget? Or how to, uh, how, how credit works? Let's have those classes, huh? Trying to make me read fucking Huckleberry Finn. I don't give a shit about that. I can barely read to this day. I only read what I want to read. Let's put it that way. Now, back to the teachers, though. Um, I, there are a, f- a couple of teachers. In fact, you know what? There really is only one teacher that stands above them all for me. I, like I said, I had a lot of great teachers. There really were. But there's one teacher that, in hindsight, shaped me in more ways than... I probably ever would have known unless I had given it some thought. And that's the thing too. Teachers really do shape you. They really mold you. Sometimes in ways that you're not even aware of. And this is one of those. Like this is the only teacher that I can really credit with that. And his name is Mr. Lapke. Dean Lapke was my fourth grade teacher. My first ever male teacher, and I think that had a good impression on me, the fact that, you know, I didn't really have a lot of father figures at that time in my life. I didn't look at him much as a father figure, but it was, it was cool to see a male in a, like, in-charge role. And not only that, a supportive, like, authority role. And while he was... F- like he, his his personality was already just awesome, you know what I mean? Like 
he made learning fun. It was exciting to show up to his class because you never knew what he was going to do. He'd jump up on his desk or if something was going, he'd yell really loud. He'd be funny. He'd be serious. He'd be stern. Like the guy knew how to capture you. And yes, that did make learning itself easier. I don't know if there's, you know, a real dynamic about me being a guy and learning, you know, it's easier for me to learn from another man, at least at that age. I'm not going to go into that psychology of it because I don't know if that's true or not. But his personality really was captivating. And it's true because a lot of students loved him. So it's not just me. But the biggest thing that that guy ever did for me, he encouraged me to be creative. I remember we, we had an assignment in class where we had to write like a short story, essentially. We had to just write a short story. Well, I mean, at this time, my imagination is just bonkers, right? That's another thing I miss about being a, a kid is having just the most fantastical imagination possible. Well, I decided rather than writing a short story, just like a, you know, whatever, two-page story about anything, <laughs> I, I, took the, I took it upon myself to write a novel. Now, obviously, it wasn't a full novel. I probably wrote a 20-page story. It, it might have been more, to be honest. I wrote a full-on story. It was about a made-up superhero that I created named Dennis D. And it was god-awful. You know, like, looking back, it was fun. It was entertaining. Did I rip off a shit ton of different stories? Absolutely. I was in fourth grade. I didn't know what plagiarism was. So I, I did create this character and I created this world. Some of the things that happened in that world, did they happen in movies I saw? Did they happen in other things I've seen? Yes. So I wasn't completely original. But the fact of the matter was, I was there. You know, I, 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 I had the initiative to create this. And rather than, obviously my grammar and shit was probably horrible and everything like that, but probably on the same level as I was then. <laughs> but rather than just be like, yeah, this is great. Like you really overachieved on this. He let me read the entire story to the class over the course of like three or four days. Because it was so long. That's how long it was. Like everybody would read their part. I read part of mine. And I, I read like a quarter of it. And he was like alright you know. Let's let's cut it off there. Great job. And. But he let me continue. Because and I, if I remember right. There were students excited to hear what happened next. And he allowed me the time. To sit up there. Every day that we weren't even, we were done with that project. And he still allowed me time to go up there and, and read that story. There was another time we, we had like an art project. And I, again, just went all out. I, I made more than I needed to because I love art. I love creating art. And he let me shine. He allowed me to go up there and shine with my, with my art and my creativity. That was the same grade that I got involved in honor choir. Now, I, did, I had no interest in singing. I had no interest in being involved in honor choir whatsoever. And I have a, a gut feeling that he told the people who were selecting honor choir to choose me. Because only like two or three people in our class got chosen. And I was one of them. And I'm not even going to lie. I thought I... My audition was like not even that great. And I was so nervous and I didn't even care. I didn't want to do it. And somehow I got chosen. But I truly believe in my heart that he had something to do with that. Because he knew that I was a creative. And God knows. That might have shaped me for the rest of my life to think, hell, 
I can actually sing. I can actually do this. That might have gave me the confidence I needed. And look at me now. Look at me now. I'm in a band that just released an epic EP. So I got to shout out Mr. Lapke. Dean Lapke for molding me and making me one of the, you know, just helping to shape who I am, truly. He, 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 he helped to... He helped to just uh, to promote my, my creativity. He encouraged it. And that's huge. And he might have been one of the only teachers that ever really did that. So cheers to, to Mr. Lapke, man. You might have changed my life forever. Just by a few, little, a few little things. So shout out to him. Now the other teacher that really shaped and molded me. That deserves some, a shout out is Ned Schneebly. Mr. Ned Schneebly. If you don't know who that is, well, that would be Jack Black in the movie School of Rock. And I'm not even joking here. The movie School of Rock may have had just as much of an influence on me as anything else in my life. Because that movie came out at the exact same time that... I was the same age as those kids. When that movie came out, I was the same age as those kids. And so, for the for the I just the simple idea that those kids could be in a band, even though it's on a movie and it's it's fictitious and whatever, it really did resonate with me. It really did make me believe that I could do that same thing. So between Mr. Lapke and Ned Schneebly, you may have created the musician that I am today. Truthfully. Shout out to Jack Black. I mean, what an awesome movie anyway. One of my all-time favorites. And for him to be able to... yeah. And, and we all know the other school I attended, which was the School of Hard Cocks. But uh, <laughs> we're, we're, we already talked about that long ago. That's an old poll, by the way. That is an old reference. And I could easily call this episode School of Cocks. But that's hacky. We've already done that joke. So we're not. Because it's the School of Rock. And you know what? This is the year of rock. And the School of Rock taught me how to rock. And it's the truth. It made me... It, pro, it possibly made me the musician that I am today. So huge shout out to that. Huge shout out to School of Rock. Huge shout out to... All the teachers, of course. All the teachers. But especially Mr. Lapke. You made a huge difference on me, man. And I appreciate that. Kids, tell your teachers tell your teachers what they mean to you. It, I'm sure it means a lot more to them than it means to you to, to tell them that. Because you know what? They ain't getting paid what they deserve. So at least pay them in your gratitude. I'm sure that would mean a lot to them. Uh... Moving forward, it's, while we're on the top of, of children and music, this was a pretty fun, pretty cool uh, little thing that happened. So at our last show, um, the Harley-Davidson show, benefit for the toy run, which is awesome. We get to do, we, we've done that two years in a row now. Hopefully we get to do it next year because it's always a blast. We always enjoy being able to help that cause. During that show... Uh, Lucas, who was on the show last week, go check that episode out. His, we, we briefly touched on his nephew in that episode, talking about how he's going to hit me in the nuts and how they gave him 20 bucks to do that. Well, he was at, he was at the show, him and his brother and sister and his family, his mom and dad, they all showed up to support. I think it was their first time seeing us live. Well, dude, Lucas's Niece and nephew. Shout out to Noah and I'm gonna forget her name. It's I, I, I can't I can't forget it. I have to I have to shout it out. I wrote it down, so I am going to remember it right now because she deserves a shout out just as much as Noah. Her name is Mariella. Mariella. Shout out to Noah and Mariella. These two kids were standing 
front and center, just rocking out. They're jamming out. They're having a blast, having a great time. I'd look down at Mariella. She'd be, like, looking up, and I'd give her the, the horns, or I'd wave at her, and she'd just get a big old cheesy smile. And I'm just like, yes, this is what it's all about. So I get the bright idea. I'm like, you know what? Let's get these kids up here. We pull them up on stage for our last song. They're up there jamming out, having a great time. God, it, and Lucas, while, while they were out in the crowd, Lucas threw some picks out for them. And it's just awesome. It's awesome to see kids loving music and loving rock. And it's like, that might have made their whole night, you know, just pulling them up on stage. I got, like, now that, I was that age once. That's the thing, is I used to be that age. And I always thought it would be so epic to get pulled up on stage and to jam out or sing with my favorite bands. And I'm like, yeah, I'm a small time. We're, we're in a small time band right now. But we still have the power to make moments. We still have the power to make memories. And I was like, this could be a core memory for these kids. God knows. I, I look back 20 years now and realize the impact that my fourth grade teacher had on me. God knows what impact that might have on those kids. Just getting them up on that stage... Maybe they'd never even been on a stage before. And then we gave them stickers. Noah ended up winning one of the fifth, one of the uh, silent uh, auction bids, which was uh, the the Road Dogs made sure he won that. It was a Nerf gun set, so they made sure he won that. I'll shout out Landon to the other nephew who uh, didn't get to come on stage with us, but we'll we'll make up for that. We'll get him up there at some point. It's just awesome. It's awesome to be in a place of, I don't want to say power, but a place where, I'm a, where I can do stuff like that, where we can do stuff like that, where the band can, can make memories like that for kids and for families and whoever, you know, like that, that may have meant a lot to, to, to the, the mom and dad too, you know. Those kids might have had the best night of their life at, up till now. So it's just awesome. It was a really cool thing to do. We ended up actually winning the 50-50 drawing. We donated the whole thing back because it's for the cause. You know me. I've been part of the toy run for a long, long time. They're throwing our name on their – they're throwing the cutthroat name on their hoodie. So I was like, you know what? They do a lot for us. We got to do a lot for them. So we gave back all that money and uh, donated it towards the toy run, which is – it's a way to do it, man. You got you to gotta, – it's all about the kids. That's the way to look at it. And, uh, oh, another interesting thing I might as well throw out there just for uh, for reference. We dedicate, this is kind of funny, we dedicate a song to my dad, uh, our song Outlaw, because that was that's kind of our biker anthem at this point. And it, it was always the song that my dad was like, this is my song. And it kind of just became his song. And so we shouted it out for him because it was a road dog event. And as soon as we finished that song, a big old rainbow flies across the sky, which was indeed pretty awesome. Like it, it was, it was a very like spiritual type moment. At the same time, I thought it was hilarious because my dad was a hundred percent anti-gay. <laughs> one of the last things my father said, the, like one of the last recorded things I should say my father said was on this podcast. I'm pretty sure he said as we were wrapping up this podcast, yep, he, he goes, well, you know what, son? I'm proud of you. I love you. I'm, I'm happy for everything you've ever done. But also, I believe that men are men and women are women. And that's that. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, thank you for the flowers, but you had to close it out with that, and then there's a big old rainbow flying across the sky. I'm like, yeah, I don't think that was dad necessarily, but we'll go ahead and say it was. <laughs> ah, cheers to dad. And I just want to point out, too, this is something I kind of forgot. Um, the release date for that for our CD was definitely meant to be on that day for a specific reason. It was because it was the day after my dad's birthday. And I wanted to dedicate that aspect of it to him. Because he was a big supporter of the band. And uh, in all truth, you know, we probably wouldn't have been able to make this record without him. 
in a very you know bittersweet type of way. God, I'm all stuffed up, dude. I'm I've been all stuffed up all week. I don't know why suddenly my allergies have just been kicking my ass. I've had this like this like pressure built up right here on the side of my head. And I was freaking out that I was like, do I have cancer in my dome? But apparently there's a there's a sinus right here. So, it's I know that's what it is because every time I sneeze it like I I I feel it like pressure. Oh, you know what else I figured I realized recently? Uh because I I've, I've been getting such random sleep, especially with being stuffed up and being all uh allergenic. You the best sleep I get is when I when I can bundle up with two comforters. And it's been so hot lately that I have not been able to do that. We've had a couple of good days of weather, so I was able to, it was it's been cool enough in my house that I can throw on the double comforter and brother, let me tell you, I get the best sleep of my life when I double up on the comforters because it turns out your boy likes to be swaddled. Apparently I'm one of those Freaks that likes to have a have a weighted blanket. Now I'm not gonna go that far because those feel like a straight jacket. And it's like I'm I get too claustrophobic with that. But I like just enough weight that I feel swaddled. I'm still a little baby. Just in the heart. Oh boy, let's see what else we can talk about. Well, well, we were talking about music, so I might as well throw this out there. The Richmond, north of Richmond, Oliver Anthony, the the latest sensation. I ha- I've listened to parts of the song, so I know what it's about, and it's it's become, of course, as usual, um, controversial. Even though nothing about that song is controversial, it's all truth. You can't look at. Break down the lyrics of that of that song and tell me what's not true in it. And it speaks to the working man. It's if we're going back to the work, we're going back to labor. We're if this is Labor Day. We're bringing it back to that. Fucking, it speaks to the working man. It speaks to the everyday man. Because yes, we got people in Washington that are just cashing in the checks. And they're fucking clowns, dude. You got, I mean, Mitch McConnell was just dozing off on the, on, I, like, I don't know if he was having a stroke or if he was falling asleep, but he's, he's going silent on the mic at the podium. We, do, we, we talk a lot about Joe Biden and his faculties failing. He ain't the only one, brother. You got, like I said, Mitch McConnell. There's, there's plenty of of delirious people and aged out people in Congress right now that should not be. These are the people that are making the decisions, that are making the rules and telling us how to abide by them, and they can't even make a fucking ham sandwich. And they're the ones cashing the checks and making all the dirty deals, and you know who suffers for it? The American people. The working man. So that song speaks to the working man because it's true. And then you got all these people coming out, oh, he's an extremist conservative or oh, he's a he's a leftist uh plant or something like that. It's like and uh, there's the stories about like how he uh rejected like an 8 million dollar record deal, which I don't know if is true or not because God knows everything on the internet is so truthful. So I don't know if that's exactly true. I have yet to listen to the podcast with uh, Joe Rogan, so I should probably get on that if I want more information because that's where you're going to get some real information because it's straight from the horse's mouth. From what I can see, he's not playing like arenas. It's just a, like that's the power of music, bro. That's the power of music is how, how, uh, effective one song is this is just some guy he wasn't a big he wasn't a big artist that made this song he's just some guy that wrote a, 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 a anthem for for the american people he even said it wasn't like a song that he just thought was 
the most – it wasn't his, like, number one song. He had, like, other songs that he thought were better, but that's just the one that caught. And then v- things go viral. People start sharing shit. And that's the – that the curse and the beauty of the, of the internet is things catch, like, wildfire, and they can be good or they can be bad. So – and then you start getting all the people that are making up conspiracy theories and blah, blah, blah. This is just some guy making a song. Just so happens to be truthful. And a lot of people don't like the truth. So, and they start freaking out. And it is what it is. But as far as, you know, I'll, I'll say this about the guy. Good on him. Like, that's awesome. I, I'm always going to appreciate musicians who break the mold. And like, especially a small time musician who wasn't already signed to a record deal. Just blowing up like this. That's awesome. That's so cool to see. Whether you agree with the message of the song or not is is up to you. Like, I don't care. But you got to respect the fact that this guy blew up. He is talented. He's got a good voice. Has no training. No, no professional training, which makes me excited because neither does your boy. So maybe there's a chance for me. Maybe I could still break through. Maybe we can as a band. We can all break through. I think we could. Everything's possible. But yeah, it's exciting for this guy. It's cool. I mean, God. The guy was probably just working working a 9 to 5 and now he's on the Joe Rogan experience. What a whirlwind. What a whirlwind for this guy to like go from just playing bar shows and clocking in and out and all of a sudden his song blows up and it's the number one song. The number one song on Billboard. From a from an unsigned from a from an independent musician. That's insane. Has that ever been done before? I have no idea. I couldn't tell you, but that's it seems wild to me to think that that's even possible. Also, I saw a uh, stat that said this is the first time, I think, ever that three country songs have ruled the top of the Billboard charts. And I believe it's Oliver Anthony, Luke Combs, and Morgan Wallen. And that's epic. I mean, that just goes to show the state of music right now. Not just the state of music, but the state of this country and what people want to hear. Everything ebbs and flows. Like, there's always there's always a, a something that's breaking through, whether it's a certain genre of music or a certain style, like when dubstep was super huge. Things always are in, in flow. But right now, man, country is king. Whatever they figured out in the country market, they got it going on. And it helps that they've like developed a, a more modern style of country, which happens to all genres of music. You, you develop with your generation and your time. But country's got it going on right now. Like I'm not a big country fan. I'm not going to sit here and pretend to be. But hey, it's, it's nice to see something a little different being the the top, the top tier. And like I said, it, it says a lot about the consumer. I feel like a lot of people who like hip-hop and rap, they're not going out to buy albums. They're not buying singles. They're not downloading shit. They're, they're listening to it for free. And there's no particular reason for that. I just, I feel like most people who listen to country, let's put it this way. I'd rather put it this way. Most people that listen to country are... Nose to the grindstone, hardworking Americans, middle America. They work on the farm or they work construction or they, you know, they work laborious jobs. And they like having physical media. So they're going to go out and buy records or they're going to buy the actual CD. Where I feel like hip-hop and even some rock will only buy a single. They'll buy one song. They'll buy a, a couple songs. They won't buy the full album. Or they'll illegally stream it. And I should throw rock in there as well. Rock is kind of a mix crowd. You get a little bit of everything. But it's always so hit or miss with that. God, my fucking eyes are hurting. These glasses just pinch my nose. Maybe that's why I'm all stuffed up. We'll put them back on, though. We've worn them the whole time. We've got to finish the show with them. But yeah, shout out to Oliver Anthony. Like... Good on you. And then you got Lizzo out here 
taking her big fat fucking dancers to strip clubs and having them eat bananas out of strippers' pussies. So, that, that <laughs> I guess that shows how hip-hop compares to, to country right now. You got Oliver Anthony, who's an unsigned guy with the number one song in the country. And Lizzo's got, she's got fucking multi-platinum CDs, and she's got uh, a TV show, and she's won Grammys, she's selling out arenas, and she's taking her fucking big fat fucking uh, dancers to strip clubs and having them eat bananas out of girls' pussies. So, and, and you know what? And granted, that's very rock and roll. Of Lizzo. I, I'm not going to... I have no problem with that. Apparently the people who did it have a problem. Like, if you force them to do it, yeah, that's that's fucked up. She didn't force anybody to do that. She told them to do it, and they did it, because they're... They're obedient. Like, just have a fucking mind of your own and say no. How's that? So it's rock and roll of Lizzo to take her dancers to a strip club. That's cool. But the fact of the matter is, she don't have the number one song in the country. She don't even have the number... Three song in the country. Yet she's she's way she's considered more popular. It's just that's that's the real big gripe I have with like pop and things like that. Like this whole this whole Taylor Swift thing. It's like, oh, she's on the biggest world tour. It's like, yeah, that, I get it. It's so overhyped. It's so insane. You know who sold out? She she just played at SoFi Stadium. You know who sold it out, who played for more people, and it, it was like the biggest attendance, I think, at a show ever? Metallica. Now, I don't like Metallica all that much. I respect Metallica. I'm pretty sure they're with Pantera, too. So that probably made a bigger difference. But yeah, Pantera and, and, and Metallica just outperformed Taylor Swift. Nobody wants to talk about it, though. Nobody gives nobody gives country or rock the time of day. It's all about hip hop and for what? I honest to god don't know why. I don't understand the appeal. It really makes no sense to me. It's fine. I don't have a problem with it per se. I just don't get why it gets more credit than rock and country and all that. Now like I said, country is definitely building a brand for itself. They're coming into their own for sure. So whatever. It's always the constant movement, the constant shifting of the industry per se. One last shout out before we get the hell out of here because it's Labor Day baby and we got to go enjoy it for what it is. We got to enjoy our days off. You know what else happened? I'll tell you this right now. My boss came up to me today and asked if I would come in on the weekend to help catch things up. I said, well, I actually didn't say anything, but what I should have said is, you want me to come in and work extra time for you on Labor Day? On Labor Day weekend, the weekend that's supposed to celebrate workers... And allow us to have an extra day off. One day off a year. Dedicated to workers. And you want me to come in. And pick up the slack. <laughs> Fuck off. I would if I needed to. But guess what? I don't. I know you need me to. I know you need me to come in and work. But guess what? I don't need to come in and work. And I'm not going to get fired for that either. Because it's my days off. I still love my job. I appreciate my job. Don't get me wrong. If I got days off, I'm taking them. That's just how it is. If you need, if you need things to get done, hire somebody else. I'll tell you that right now. I'll stay on. Don't, don't fire me. I'm not asking to be fired. But hey. You need me to come in more than I need to come in. Let's put it that way. Also, you going to be there on Monday? Bet you won't. One more shout-out. We got a shout-out. Sugar, Sean O'Malley, Montana. I called it. Your boy cashed out. First sports bet cash-out in a long time. Your boy cashed out. 
for $420. Hell yeah. Sugar Sean, the first ever UFC champion from the state of Montana. Cheers to you, brother. Big time. So stoked for you. I was going wild. I lost my mind a little bit. So that was awesome. So we just had to give a quick shout out to old Sugar Sean. And that'll wrap us up here. Hope you guys have a great holiday weekend. Hope you enjoyed your three-day weekend. Getting back to the grind tomorrow. And then the weekend's going to slide right up real quick because we only got the four days. So shout out to all of you. Shout out to all the workers. Shout out to all the teachers currently and in the past. To all my teachers. Go check out Palomar. Available on all platforms. Download it. Whatever you got to do. Just listen to it. That's all we want. We just want you to listen to it. And, uh, hey, we work hard. We play hard. So, make sure you take the time to play. We already know we got we to gotta work. You got to make sure you take that time to play. So, get on it. But most importantly, you know it. Don't forget. Life's a garden. Dig it. You've got it. You've got it.